Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Daily Premier League news and views. This is Football Social Daily. This is Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast with a new episode every single day of the season. There are three Premier League fixtures tonight. Watford against Crystal Palace, Burnley against Tottenham and Liverpool against Leeds United. But we're going to save those and put them in the bank for tomorrow's Football Social Daily because tonight some of our clubs are in European action and it's the Champions League, the elite club competition. Manchester United are in Madrid to face Simeone's Atletico in the last 16. Ronaldo back in his former hometown against an old enemy. Chelsea are defending champions. They took a huge stride to the quarterfinals with victory over Lille last night and they did it without Lukaku who apparently was tired, says gaffer Thomas Tuchel. But does that tell the whole story? We'll discuss both of those games on today's episode of the show. Hit subscribe now, and that way you won't miss another show again. I'm Niall, and today in the studio, alongside me, Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning. morning. You looking forward to the Champions League tonight, Joel? Ah, the Champions (laughs) League. I love it. You can't can't be a big European night. Um... And I'm I'm kind of just savouring it because I'm I'm thinking that we're not going to get there next year, so I'm just going to really just take everything in. I don't blame you because uh, you could end up like Marley, who's a Newcastle fan, who remembers the heady days of the Toon Army in the Champions League. What yeah. was that? Twenty years ago? Yeah, like two thousand two, three, four, five. I think we got in it one, <laughs> one of them years. Um, hey, if you're Sinchul Rami Obi score at the New Camp, your life's complete. To be honest, uh, running <laughs> running a young Carl's Puyol ragged. Didn't Tino Aspria score? hat-trick against Barcelona. He did, yes, uh, at St James's. He, he scored a header uh, and I think two penalties uh, in a game, which is the reason why he's a legend at Newcastle, to be honest. Um, oh, mm. But yeah, all all nostalgia for now until Dan Byrne leads us to the Champions League in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, Premier League action taking place this weekend. We'll talk about that slightly later on in the week. But for now, European action takes centre stage and it is a big one tonight 
in Madrid, Manchester United on their travels to play Atletico. We'll talk about that game shortly. But first, let's discuss the game that's already taken place. It happened last night at Stamford Bridge and Chelsea beat the French side Lille by two goals to nil. And that puts them in a real good position when it comes to qualification for the quarterfinals. Kai Havertz was the man who scored the opening goal. He's fast becoming Chelsea's go-to guy in the big games, isn't he, Marley? He scored in the Champions League final last season. He scored in the Club World Cup final from the penalty spot. He seems to be the man when it comes to those big occasions for the Blues. He does, yeah. Um, someone's got to be because the 100 million strikers sat on the bench feeling tired. Um, <laughs> you know, he had a tough game at the weekend, making just seven touches and decided he was too tired to play or Tuchel decided he was too tired to play, but... Yeah, as long as someone's coming up with them for, for Chelsea, um, they've got a lot of talent in that, obviously, attacking area in particular. But uh, as long as someone chips in with the goals, then then they'll, they're will they still a really hard team to beat. So um, I'm still not convinced about Havertz as a striker, to be honest. I think he's he's better sort of in a more of a freer role where he can drift around and arrive late into the box and cause problems with his height and movement and stuff like that. But... Um, yeah, he, he did. He did well last night. I think he'd had three shots on target in the first ten minutes, and one of them was his goal. Another one was a decent save from the keeper, um, and one was a, a tap in. He, he should have scored, to be fair, but he was stretching and put it over the bar. But he's, um, it, yeah, he's the, he's that goal threat at the minute, and he's the the informed man. So if you look at that, you say like, if if Lukaku's going to continue, you know, feeling sorry for himself and turning in terrible performances. You don't you don't need him as much, and he didn't even come off the bench last night. So mm. fair enough, Chelsea played well without him, um, and that'll give him confidence as well because the likes of Pulisic, he's he's almost forgotten about Pulisic because he's had so many injuries. But yeah, he's uh, he's still quality. He's still got you know his best years ahead of him and everything like that. So you still got him. You still got Havertz. You still got Mount Hudson Adoy. Werner's not done. Lukaku could still pull this back if he fancies it. Um, and yeah, Chelsea were Chelsea were good last night. Talking of Christian Pulisic, let's come on to him now before we do inevitably mention Romelu Lukaku. He scored the other goal, bit of a questionable celebration. I don't know whether I'm getting on a bit, Joel. What was it called, the the celebration that Pulisic did? Let's did you... go to our young guy in the yeah, room let's talk who's looking question, very confused at the minute. <laughs> what was the celebration? It's got a name, hasn't it? I don't know because BT Sport said, what do we think about his... And then they named the celebration. Because there's the Millie Rock, it's, it's which one is the, the one that Lingard used yeah, to do, isn't it? It's a new one, but it was kind of cringe to me. I can't remember what Let it is. Me, Whilst yeah. Marley Googles it, I'll ask you about Pulisic. It, yeah. um, you know, like I say, and like Marley says, he's a quality forward, Christian Pulisic, when he's fit. And that has been the issue with his time at Chelsea so far, is he's shown exactly what he's capable of, as he did last night by scoring against Lille in the Champions League. But his fitness issues have, have cropped up now and again. If Chelsea can keep him fit, they do have a really good player there, don't they? Yeah, I remember. It, I don't know if it was in his first season, his first full season when we, when he played in. Um, I can't remember. It might have been the goal against potentially City or one of the big sides where he kind of mazed through. It was almost like Eden Hazard esque. And um, after that, I was thinking, my God, they've got an absolute player on the hands if they can keep him fit. And that's been the big problem, isn't it? If he can stay fit, he has a lot of hamstring injuries, and his play is pretty much predominantly on him having short bursts and quick feet, and that's the only issue. Literally, the fact that his career stalled now just because he cannot stay fit in that Chelsea side, and with how high level modern football is at the moment, if you're out of form or you're injured for a good two, three months, suddenly someone takes your place, and it's hard for you to even get back into the side again. Um, and it's it's quite it must be tough for him because at Dortmund he was pretty consistently playing constantly, which is why 
he ended up getting that move to Chelsea. But this is what I mean. It's it's a tough one because he's a bit of a flash in the pan where he gets consistency in games and then he'll be out for another month. And maybe Tuchel feels he can't rely on, rely on him just because he consistently gets injuries. But when he does play, he does make such a difference because he's got a very unique play style. He does remind me a lot of Hazard, not in terms of in terms of technical ability, but the way he can just manoeuvre himself around players consistently because he's just like got such a low centre of gravity. Um, but again, his injuries are, are going to impact that because he's a very explosive type of player. Um, and when you're out of the team for a good amount of time, other players in the side are going to start taking your place, aren't they? But um, for £60 million, which is a big ton of money for someone who's constantly constantly out. Chelsea don't seem to have massive luck with the big money signings at the moment, as we'll probably get on to Lukaku as well. But um, it's it's good signs. But again, the opposition is illegal. They're not the most amazing team right now. Um, but yeah, hopefully for him, he can stay fit because he's a great player when he can stay fit. Yeah, you'd back Chelsea to have beaten Lille, even in the absence of Lukaku. Marley, have you managed to figure out what that celebration was called yet? <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. Um, it's called the Griddy. The Griddy, that was the gritty. one. It's that one where it's like going there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've... I've also... I just need to get my pipe and slippers because I feel extremely old right now. Trying so to do I. But, mate, I've just Googled what is a Griddy. Um, and then, to show you a grid on the What road. is a Griddy dance? I had to Google again because <laughs> people were saying it was a power grid. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it basically... It, the short version is it comes from an American football thing um, where... Alan Davis, um, who was a wide receiver friend of Jamar Chase, who's a big NFL star, um, and he wanted to create his own dance, so he created it, and then it just took off, and that was it. Oh, and thanks. everyone's copying it now because that's that's life. An you Ameri- do something, and then copy it. That's it. An American sports culture lesson there from Marley Anderson on Football Social Daily. I know yep. we do have a decent American contingent that listens in to this show, so. I really do apologise for not knowing what a gritty is, but your American star, Christian Pulisic, scoring Chelsea's goal last night uh, to make it 2-0 against Lille. Now let's address the elephant in the room. Romelu Lukaku didn't come on, even though Chelsea have put one foot in the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League. The narrative after this game is all about Lukaku, Mali. You mentioned it earlier. Thomas Tuchel said that he was fatigued and that's why he didn't play. He was on the bench, but he didn't come on. It's a weird one to say that your star striker who cost £95 million is fatigued when he only took seven touches in the Premier League game against Crystal Palace at the weekend, which is the fewest that's ever been recorded since they started taking stats. Seven touches is, is very, very poor for a striker. Yeah. What's going on with Lukaku? What, what have you noticed from the outside? What do you think the problems are? I don't know, really, because we, I mean, we talked about this on yesterday's podcast a little bit and just said, like, you know, in my opinion, he's got everything. He's got everything he needs to go and be successful. He's got the belief from the club to go and pay that that type of fee for him. He's got experience of the league. Yeah. He's got the physical attributes. He's got the the technical attributes to score goals. He's at peak age as well. Exactly. Yeah. He's, what is he? Twenty eight. Twenty seven. Twenty eight. There yeah. you go. That's you know, it's huge. He's got one hundred and eight Premier League goals. I think he's got one hundred eighteen, maybe. So he's got he's got absolutely everything. He speaks a language. He knows the club. Um, you know he's 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 got absolutely everything, and then something's went wrong. Somebody said something maybe that wound him up one day, and he's took a huff. And it's it's like then he gives his interview to to uh, the Italian Sky Sports or whoever it was, and it's never been the same since. And it's like you, there's no real excuse for it, I don't think, because 
he can still win this back. It just takes a couple of games, a few goals here and there, and then he goes on a run. And, you know, he, he becomes the beast we all know he is, like, he, or know he can be. And then you you see him, like, on the bench last night. He wasn't even used. Like, I know players get tired and stuff like that and fatigue and playing two games in a week when they've got, I think they've got Liverpool at the weekend as well. So that's obviously maybe a, a case of resting him. But when he hasn't scored for a few games, and I'm not counting the Club World Cup game against Al-Hilal or whoever it was, <laughs> um, you know... At the way I see it, like if he's on the bench for the full game against Lille, you have to win that game against Lille. So either you play your best players, or you you take a chance on on the rest of them doing but, it. But, I mean, is that it now? Because Lukaku at the moment I, isn't one of their best players, and well, that's, that's just the way I mean. it's been like, for a few months. How can he not be in the team if some if everything's okay? Like if you if you're playing a knockout game in the Champions League, you play your best team. Yeah, if everything was going swimmingly, he'd be in the starting eleven yeah. for that game, wouldn't he? Yeah, and even if um, you don't think you you need him, he's on a like if you don't see Lille as a top team, you could use them as uh, practice for for Lukaku. Like you know, play the game, score a goal, get your confidence. Going to Liverpool at the weekend with two goals in midweek, and you'll be you'll be flying. But they didn't even didn't even use him, and they, you know they didn't need him, but they didn't use him as well. Now he's got to go into the game against Liverpool at the weekend, and and Tuchel will probably be thinking, well, Havertz did really well in midweek, so I'm not going to drop him. Pulisic scored, so I'm not going to drop him. The only chance he's got is that Ziyech went off injured, and maybe that make, that brings Lukaku back into it or something like that. But mm. it's yeah, I mean if you if you're not starting a knockout game in the Champions League against whoever it may be, whether they're brilliant or crap. There's there's a there's a serious problem there, and then it's just going to hang over them now to the end of the season unless it gets sorted and and uh, and and quickly really. I guess the only other thought on that would be that in that game against Liverpool, if he does start, he kind of has to score, and that might yeah, be the. And we, and we all know about his his record against top teams. It's always been there. Yeah. Like like I said yesterday, you know, when he was at Man United, he didn't score against the top six team. I don't think so. It's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big problem. Big yeah. hundred million pound, six yeah. foot three, <laughs> sixteen stone problem. <laughs> it certainly is a big problem. One that Thomas Tuchel is dealing with, interestingly enough, in a, in a in a way in which he could have easily have been laughed at for what he said last night. Tuchel being tired, and Marley's mentioned some of the problems there that he thinks are the issue with Romelu Lukaku. But to be tired after seven touches, he's he's just saving face for one of his players because there's got to be a deeper problem there. You can't say that someone's tired after seven touches in a game at the weekend. Yeah, he's protecting him. I think it's I think it's been pretty smart from Tuchel to be honest, because he knows how much ridicule he got after that game. I don't think I've seen a player or a striker. Imagine like a hundred million pound striker, Yukaku, and you're seeing people mention your name like that as if you, you weren't even on the pitch. I think Tuchel's doing it to one keep him out of the firing line because he's protecting him because he's probably getting so much ridicule and abuse. And two, it's the fact that you can't let complacency breed in your side as well because if he, if you've got a strike on your team yeah. and you play him again after such a poor game, what is that? What, what what message does that send to the players who are waiting to get back into the team? Yeah. Like Havertz, uh, he's probably been waiting to potentially start there or get a bit more mm. of a chance forward, further forward. And then he sees uh, Lukaku drop a disaster class mm. and he's like, well, how do I get in the side then? That's management, isn't it? You either have to pick whether to stay with that person and let them redeem themselves or you kind of 
show them that Make you're not willing to accept bit. that sort of performance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think there's actually a deeper question here when it comes to Chelsea and their centre-forwards, because if I think of their strikers in the Premier League era, the two that really stand out for me as being the best, at least since I've watched Chelsea, since the money's come in in 2003 from, from Roman Abramovich, Didier Drogba, undoubtedly their best striker during the era, and probably after that, Diego Costa. But if you think about the other signings they've made, Lukaku for 95 million, they signed Enan Crespo, who was a really top player at the time, did okay. Andre Shevchenko, who had won the Ballon d'Or, they signed him. He wasn't really up to much at the time for Chelsea. Um, Gonzalo Higuain. Higuain. Alvaro Morata cost them over Mateo 70 Kesman. million pounds and didn't do it. Is there a problem with Chelsea and signing strikers? Because apart from the aforementioned Drogba and Costa, it feels like any striker that goes into Chelsea, particularly with a big price tag, doesn't seem to perform. Well, you can't. Well, first of all, you can't really say it's the system or the manager because they've had about twenty different managers <laughs> in that time, and they've all got different kind of ways of playing, different systems, different philosophies. But then, if you compare the two who have been successful, which is Didier Drogba and Diego Costa, there are two things they have in common. A one is that they're very good technically, and two, they're very good physically. And I think with every other player that hasn't been successful, I don't think they've had both of those traits. Because Chelsea usually, regardless of the manager, they've always had that one focal striker. Yeah. I don't remember ever them, ever them having a, a partnership, maybe apart from maybe the Hasselbank. Yeah, I was going to say, apologies to the Chelsea fans for missing out Hasselbank off that list. Costa, Drogba, uh, Drogba yeah, and, and Hasselbank. Johnson. Yeah, yeah but that was 20 years ago. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. Hasselbank and Good Johnson, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was would a particular be the area. two up front. But I've just Googled here Chelsea strikers. Lukaku, Drogba, Costa, the first three. Fernando Torres, they paid oh, gosh, £50 yeah. million pounds for him. Didn't really work out. Olivier Giroud was used in fits and starts. A good goal scorer in the Premier League. But then again, those names that I've mentioned, Shevchenko, Morata, um, Batshuayi, who I think t- they've still got. Demba Barr, a player who's OK, but these are not players who have come in and had the desired impact at Chelsea. It seems to happen to them a lot when it comes to Is it to potentially strikes. because every single time Chelsea are the, probably the only club who always, always spend a fortune on a striker and they have instant pressure on them to be the the guy who scores the goals mm. is is that the reason because it can't be the system because they have a different manager every other year so it's not like it's the same system yeah, that's a good point so i think it i think it's potentially the fact that there's so much pressure on you like fernando torres is the best example where he was on one of the best seasons i think i've ever seen for a striker in the league he went for 50 million and he literally was zapped. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's pressure. With, with Torres, he rushed back for the World Cup in 2010. Mm. And uh, I think he rushed back from a knee injury and he had lost that kind of that pace, half a yard yeah. of pace and he just wasn't the same player. But just on this list here on Google, Falcao, Eto, <laughs> Alex Pato. I just remembered about Eto. There's so many different oh, strikers those guys are a little bit on who have out, been really. unbelievable at other clubs but have just not done it mm. at Chelsea. Um, let's move on from this conversation, Marley, and talk about Chelsea in terms of their European credentials this season. They're obviously depend- defending UEFA Champions League title holders. They weren't the best team in the competition last season, as we've said on the podcast before. They probably weren't the best team in terms of if you were to pick a winner, but they went on and won the competition. So I guess you could say they are the, you know, the deserved winners. We say that in terms of the teams that are left in the competition, probably City are better, Bayern Munich are better, Liverpool are better, and maybe there are a couple of other arguments for other sides as well. But they win these big games regularly, particularly under Thomas Tuchel. You think about the big Champions League games that they've had, obviously winning the final last year, winning the Club World Cup this time around. Um, some of the bigger games in the Premier League, they tend to get results from. They they do well in these big games, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they 
you know, as a one-off sort of, you've got to go and beat Chelsea. They're not as easy as uh, the league position may may sort of suggest. They're still a quality side. Um, if if Tuchel settles on a um, sort of an attacking lineup like we were saying before, they could be, you know, a real problem. But they're always going to be tough because they've they've got that um, that belief of well, we won the Champions League last year, so even if they didn't think. They were the best team in it last year, leading up to the final. They went and won it, and that that gives you like mad confidence. Like, of course it does because you you won this last year, so you're you're probably thinking, well, we're better than we were last year. You know, Havertz has had a year in England, so he's gonna get better. We, Lukaku's always still got the potential if he sorts it out to be a, a game changer in any, in any game. So if you think of it in that way, then Chelsea are always gonna be hard to beat. Like they're they're gonna probably beat everybody who, other than the the teams you mentioned before, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Man City. Um, you know these teams will be right in there, and when they when we get down to sort of the last eight or the last four in particular. But yeah, Chelsea are gonna be, you know, hard, very hard to beat. But I mean, they are beatable. But again, like it's that thing of like, well, we're the champions, and it can just give you a little bit more than than you thought you had. So. They're they're always going to be a tough side, so we'll uh, we'll have to see what how they end up doing it. But when you got players like Thiago Silva at the back, who's done everything that possibly is to win a game, mm. uh, in the game to you know in terms of winning things, um, he's you know he's aging like a fine wine. And then you've got quality all over the pitch. You know you've always got a chance when you've got that type of team. Yeah, absolutely. And Chelsea take a huge stride towards the Champions League quarterfinals after their last 16 first leg victory at Stamford Bridge. They beat the French side Lille by two goals to nil. And it's from France to Spain next on Football Social Daily because that's where Manchester United will be tonight. They're in the Spanish capital to take on Atletico. We'll talk about that after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. 
Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social. I'm Niall. I've got Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson with me and it's time to talk about Manchester United who are on their travels in the first leg of their last 16 Champions League knockout tie with Atletico Madrid. They're not quite the same side as they were when they won La Liga last season at Letico, so it could be an interesting matchup tonight against a Manchester United sider in good form under Ralph Rangnick. Joel, you're a United fan, and the interim boss has suggested that there'll be an emotional and hostile atmosphere inside the Wanda Metropolitano tonight. It's shaping up to be a really good game this evening, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm glad it's not at the old uh, Calderon, which seems our way more hostile environment than the um, the new stadium, but even still, I mean, their fans are quite crazy. But it's a, it'll be an interesting one just because United are in probably the better form than they've had probably since the start of the season, I would say. And Atletico Madrid are just not the team that they once were. Um, I think that's the only re- that's the only factor that gives me confidence going into this, because just judging on how they are at the moment this season, they've already conceded thirty four goals in twenty five games. And every season under Simeone, they've conceded less than 30 in the whole season. So obviously that shows that they're probably the weakest at the bat they've been in probably a decade. Mm-hmm. And for our players who can't seem to hit a barn door half the time, that's music to my ears. Um, and especially Ronaldo, I think he's got something like 25 goals in 15 games against Atletico. Um, so that kind of bodes well for my hopes as well. Um, How many of them have been for Man United though? <laughs> no, that, yeah, it's a different thing having Modric, Cruz and uh, Bale around you rather than bloody Fred and McTominay. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting encounter. I think it's going to be two teams cancelling each other out obviously I think we know how Atletico are and how they've always played which is yeah. very conservative um, they take the pressure they're quick in the counter attacks obviously they got Antoine Griezmann back again I mean if you look at their squad list Joel they've got some top players but if you go back to their last game in La Liga at the weekend they won 3-0 uh, away at Osasuna but Osasuna had 63% possession and Atletico had 37 so they are a team that will you know, kind of frustrate you. They'll let you have the ball. They'll probably block back slightly deeper and make you break them down, which is something over the last two years that Manchester United have had a problem with when teams have sat off and said, come on then, come and beat us, come and break us down. Do you think United, with the form that they're in, have got the ingredients in terms of the top end of the pitch to take it to Atletico? Because as you can see by that scoreline from the weekend, I know it's La Liga and it's slightly different calibre of opposition. They can punish you because they've got the players to do it. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it interesting, just the fact that United have lacked the creativity in the final third against the majority of the teams this season, which has been probably one of the sole reasons why we haven't been able to win a lot of the games. And then obviously, Atletico are known to be such a low-block side under Simeone. The only difference is that they're a little bit more, like I'd say, expansive, because if you compare their team from a decade ago, we were in the Champions League final against Real Madrid. I mean, they had... A four-four-two formation, which was just predominantly centre mids, yeah. left backs, and completely defensive-minded players. Now they have a little bit more kind of pace, I would say, where they have um, Antoine Griezmann, Thomas Lamar, Raúl de Paul. They have a lot yeah. of players who are a little Felix bit. Yeah, Jao well. Felix is a big, um, big player for them. So they're a little bit different in terms of their attacking play compared to previously. And obviously, I think a few of these players, like Griezmann's not the player he was a decade ago. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And especially, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, Ronaldo, amazing record against Madrid. 
not <laughs> it's not going to be the same record for Manchester United. He's not got the same players around him. He's not the same player anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to be one of the keys to the game. Yeah. Be- just because of the fact that he's. He knows how to play against these kind of... He's the big moment player. Mm. And in the Champions League, he's basically kept us in it. Yeah, it's a great point about Cristiano Ronaldo. Returning to Madrid, his old stomping ground. Of course, he's a former Real Madrid player, a bona fide way for Champions League legend. I think he scored the most goals in the competition's history. How determined will he be tonight, Marley? He's got this moniker of Mr. Champions League. European competition seems to be when Cristiano comes alive against an old enemy in Atletico. He should be bang up for this one, surely. Yeah, he will be. I think he's, you know, obviously he's, he's wise enough to realise that Man United aren't going to do what they want to do in the league. So he's probably thinking, you know what, on, on a similar to what I was saying about Chelsea before, over one game, can we be, can we find that form and, and you know, knock Atletico, Atletico out um, over the two legs and then see who we get in the next round and that way you've only got to be sort of at your best for the next you know like six more games to to get far in the competition and you know go on and win it for example but obviously it's a big task um atletico as, as joe was saying they're not the same team i think jan oblak has been one of the worst goalkeepers in the league this year he's, his drop-off's been mental um, I don't know whether they're just suffering from Kieran Trippier not being a right back thanks to us <laughs> but I don't know um, <laughs> but yeah Oblak's been I think he's got one of the worst save percentages of, of any goalkeeper in the in the league which is crazy considering he's one of the best goalies in the world you know a year ago so um, I think looking at them sort of recently I think they're going back to like a, a 4-4-2 this this season where they where they've been playing like for the last most of the last five years. I think last year they went to a three five two um for a lot of the season and won won the league. So I don't really know why they've gone back from that. I don't know if it's getting Suarez and and the business have did which has made them go back to the four four two but it doesn't seem to be as working uh, working as well as what what it once did. But it will be what you expect from, from Atletico. They do give up possession and let you have it and try and hit you on the counter-attack with Jao Felix and Suarez and Griezmann if he plays and, and things like that. So um, I think this has got the... <laughs> I think it's got the potential to be one of the worst games of football you could you could see in the Champions League knockout stages, to be honest, because it's two teams not playing One team that can't attack well. and the other team that can't defend. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it could be mint. It could be like 4-3 or something, but also I, I'm not expecting anything more than one goal in it, to be honest. Um, but we'll, obviously we'll have to wait and see what happens, but... I can't see uh, I can't see it being a thriller. I can't see Benfica versus Ajax on the other channel being a much better game. Yeah, that'll be like much a three, better three game thriller. To watch. You yeah. don't fancy a Ronaldo last minute winner then by any chance, Marley? With yeah, the getting, whipping I, the shirt off, you know what Cristiano's about. Ooh. I could, I could, I could <laughs> see that, but only after ninety-two minutes of absolute dross, to be honest. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he did pop up with something just to. Just to remind Atletico that even though he's not in the same league anymore, I think it'll be he's, interesting. Uh, he's still a, a pain in the ass for them. I think it'll be interesting to say the least. Whether it will be a game for the purists, I'm not so sure. One side note: um, that is your one sue for the season, Joel. You're not allowed to do that ever again, and you, you, you've used it up already. And what are we? The 23rd of February. So um, from one striker to another, let's leave Ronaldo to one side and talk about someone who isn't travelling to Madrid, and that's Edinson Cavani. Hasn't played for ages, Joel. We talk about injuries and the fact that he was quite keen to leave the club last summer. He ended up staying for the rest of the season and he's out of contract again next summer. 
what is going on there with Edinson Cavani? The fans seemingly to me are getting a little bit frustrated about his lack of involvement. Cavani seems to be picking and choosing when he can play at the moment. Um, half the time he spends still in Uruguay. He seems to get permission off Rangnick to actually you know, extend his stay when he goes in international duty. But he seems to be a player who, if he feels the slightest niggle or the slightest knock, he'll rule himself out. I can't imagine what he would have been like under Mourinho, who was known to be a guy who, regardless of if you're injured or not, you would have started. Do you not think that's strange, though? Because he seems the sort of character who would be well up for those kind of yeah. scraps in terms of the big games, like the Leeds game. It feels like he's the sort of guy that would relish playing in that kind of game. Going to Atletico Madrid, you know, returning to a, a European country and really kind of um, putting himself about it in the Champions League. That feels like the sort of game that Edinson Cavani would really want to get stuck into. I thought that as well. And he does seem the type of guy where he, won't, he wouldn't want to jeopardise the team's chances also. Um, and I don't think he'd want to put himself out there if he doesn't feel he's 100%. I just hope that he's on a part-time contract because honestly, that's what it feels like this season. I think he's only played about six, uh, seven, eight games this season. Um, and majority of the time, though, there have been games where after that, he's gone to international duty and not returned for a good month. So it's it's a tricky one because last season, he was the fans' favourite. He really like he some really got goals, the club. Yeah, yeah he, he got the club. He scored some huge goals in the season. Um, and this season, I think, I think his body's letting him down now. He's 35. Yeah. He's coming to the end of his contract with United. And I think now more than ever, he's... And to be honest, even at Paris Saint-Germain, he wasn't a player who stayed fit a lot of the time. He did have injury troubles when he was there. His so goal record at PSG is, is frightening. But I mean, who, yeah. whose isn't, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing I love about Cavani, right? Everyone talks about him and, you know, the way he carries himself. He, he is 35. He turned 35 earlier this month on Valentine's Day. Of course it was Poetic. Valentine's Day. Look at look at him. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting what you say about Edinson Cavani. I, I mean, I'm pretty certain that he'll be moving on from Old Trafford yeah. in the summer. It looks like a move back to Argentina is the is the angle that he might take. Um, in terms of the Champions League tonight, then Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United in the Wanda Metropolitano, last 16, first leg. United are still on for the top four in the Premier League. But in terms of silverware, Joel, Marley mentioned it earlier on when it comes to Chelsea and, and what they're fighting for this season too. It's just the Champions League that you've got left. Mm. And we talk about some of the other teams in the competition a couple of the other English teams are probably slightly better than Manchester United at the moment in terms of how good they are as a side. It's going to be some ask for Manchester United to to get beyond the semi-finals even. If they can get a result tonight, that could put them in the quarterfinals. But Manchester United winning the Champions League, I don't want to laugh it off because anything's possible in football, but it feels like it's going to be a big, big task for that to happen. I'll laugh it off. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, um... Well, the Champions League's thrown up some strange winners and finalists. I mean, you only have to look at, for example, Chelsea in 2012. Their squad was probably better than ours and played better than ours. But it's a season where I think we're going to go another season trophyless. I mean, when you look at the quality, if we were to come up against Liverpool or come up against Manchester City, even Bayern, Real Madrid, I wouldn't fancy us against any of them. And that's purely just because the team's still very, very disjointed. Um, despite the fact they're in a decent amount of form so far this season. But like, I, call me delusional. Delusional, I, there you go. <laughs> but I, I I don't know. For me, the Champions League is a different competition where it's all about how you play on the day. And sometimes you can get such fortune. We've seen it in so many different games where the most deserving team in the world has gone out. 
for example, you know, Barcelona against Chelsea in the semi-finals of the Champions League. This this competition where regardless of how good you are, it comes down to pretty much fortune and who's the better team on the day. Um, and that's the only reason. I, I don't believe we'll win it for sure. I think there's just too much quality in the teams over two legs. If it was a one-off game, potentially, I would say, you know, we might go further. But the fact that it's two legs, I would... The next round will probably end up coming a couple coming up against Bayern, Ajax, potentially Chelsea, City. I don't fancy us against any of those teams because over two legs we just don't have the quality. What's a good result tonight then for Manchester United? What would you be happy with travelling back to Manchester from Madrid? I was going to say one one, but away goals don't even count for no, nothing. No anymore, away goals really. in the so, Champions um, League now. But obviously a victory is good, but I think even a draw I would fancy as long as we don't come away with a loss because at Old Trafford. The form's not been as good at yeah, Old Trafford. Old Trafford, and it hasn't been for a long, long time, actually. Our away form's better, as we as we saw. We went on that, what, 30-game, 29-game yeah. undefeated streak mm. away from home. So I would, if we can come away from Madrid with a draw, I think every United fan will be pretty content, and I can see that happening, to be honest. I don't think Rangnick's going to overcommit tonight and allow Madrid to finish the tie, which I don't think they can do anyway, especially with our... Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Joel would take a nil-nil. Marley thinks it's going to be nil-nil. So um, it's going to be 5-5. <laughs> so naturally, it's going to be loads of goals. Of course, we'll talk about that game on tomorrow's episode of Football Social Daily. We'll also discuss the three Premier League fixtures that take place tonight, as well as Arsenal taking on Wolves. That's tomorrow night, along with a couple of Europa League games as well. Loads going on, so make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss it. We are Football Social Daily. That's it from Joel, Marley and myself. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.